wins it. Oh, yes again for the fourth time tonight. Their number one goal getter, Gabe Clausen. from Bramlett and a shot and a score! Cody Glass starts the scoring and the Predators lead at home. He can be the hero against Daley Kiefer, the left-handed shooter coming in, ran out of room! Januzzi stops them! Hawks win their second best start! Franchise history. Welcome into Pucklandia, uh, brought to you by Cartside, which we would be Cartside right now, but the Trailblazers are playing, and we didn't want to. We didn't want to fight the uh, parking situation. But uh, pleased to be joined by uh, Kurt Pose. Did I say that right? Yep. Yep. I guess I didn't, I, I didn't think to check that. <laughs> so your debut voyage here on, on Pucklandia, what's, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about yourself and your, and your hockey background and how we got to this point? Yeah, yeah. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, as they say. Um, not a ton of hockey background. I actually come from a lacrosse background, um, 10 years of playing that, from you know kind of middle schoolish age all the way up through college. That took me up to Canada. Um, obviously getting to watch a bunch of hockey there, um, came back to Portland for end of college and graduating, um, was able to watch the Winter Hawks a bunch more then, um, kind of saw them sporadically, um, in my younger years, um, and then, uh, got, got a hook up with, uh, future considerations for a bit, uh, about a season and a half there, um, got to do some scouting and I think it's just that, um, being able to, to see junior players come from 16, 17, 18, getting to see that development really hooked me on um, the WHL and, and the Winterhawks here specifically. Yeah, I think that's probably when I got familiar with your work was when you were doing some scouting work. I did a, I did a little bit of scouting with Future Considerations as well back in the, uh, the, the Cody Glass, Yoki Haru yeah, yeah. era, and there's you know a couple of real nice players on the AMs that those years too. So there was a it was a target rich environment. Yeah, and then the year after that, there was no good prospects in like the whole division, and it kind of you know kind of took the took the excitement out of it. For right. Me. Yeah. But, yeah. It definitely changes how you're watching teams, and um, so my year was kind of not the bubble year but I think the year after where it was still like no fans mm. but they played kind of a bigger schedule so it was all video based um, and it's uh, a great group of people there at FC um, but it was probably like maybe a bit too much too soon for me um, mm. for for being able to kind of um, vocalize what I was kind of seeing on the ice but it really um, was kind of a, a conduit for focusing on junior hockey a bunch more. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, it conflicted with this work too much. Right. Yeah, that you know, makes sense. I was, and... I was I'm, I'm only good at so many projects, and right. You know, listeners to this show and Unfiltered know that one of them usually suffers. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, here we are. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot to uh, you know talk about here locally. Um, you know, there's the uh, the 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 bright shining moment of Chaz Lucius. Yeah. You know, we barely knew ye. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, this Red Deer game we just had, a couple of tough games against Tri-City, one coming up against Tri-City, a big game against Seattle here as we start, I think, I, we're talking off air, I think there's six head-to-heads left with the... Yeah, um, a bunch versus Seattle, Seattle, a bunch versus Everett, Tri-City, Spokane. I think uh, the stretch run's really where the divisional games kind of get finished off and... And I think probably some scoreboard watching of the standings and potential matchups starts yeah. happening. Although Tom Boying told me that uh, I don't know if I buy it, but the Thunderbirds are not scoreboard watching. They don't care. Well, they they as we were also saying off air, they're still trying to figure out who's in their locker room yeah. with all the trades they've made. So yeah, they probably exactly. have to figure out who's actually in their room first before focusing on the other teams. But so, yeah. So where you, where do you want to go? I mean, these conversations can be you know plinko. Right. You know what's the What's, what's, the, what's the first? Uh, Could either first do. I think Tri Cities. We okay. had the the back to back against them last week. One more this week coming up. I think they've been a big, kind of a, a sleeping, maybe like a, a sleeping bear or a sleeping giant kind of thing where people weren't focusing on them much. Yeah. And then they went on. I think it was nine wins in a row or ten or. Um, I think last. Let me see if I can find it here. I think last I looked, they were. Coming into the Portland games, they were like nine zero and three. In the right, last yeah, game. and Sahanik hasn't lost since the World Juniors gold gold medal game. So um, I think they're they're kind of the thing that maybe people haven't focused on that are going to be a real a real problem for whoever they face in the playoffs. Well, I think they've been they've been getting they're seven two and one in their last ten. Yeah, and we watched one of those defeats here right Saturday night. I mean they. I, I kind of think they've been getting a lot of contributions from the other goalie too. While while Sukanik was yeah. was was at World uh, Juniors, yeah, I'd avocado. To, yeah, I'd have to go back. Yeah, yeah avocado. <laughs> exactly. That was you. Sorry, I think that's going to take off, right? Mm-hmm. That was you. Start. I know Liz Child. I think came up with the nickname originally. She's big junior, oh, I, junior I, hockey. I, and, uh, I thought a friend of the show, but I, I thought that was a, a, a an honest autocorrect. Uh, it may have with. started as such, <laughs> but it definitely took off, and and I think I've seen like either avocado signs or little you know mentions in in their social posts about it. So they get pretty creative with it. And, um, yeah. yeah. So, side note, um, well, you know, I I don't like to promote anything before it's taped because things happen. But um, I'm scheduled to tape with Bob Torrey tomorrow night. Or not scheduled, scheduled, but we're, we're working on the details. Right, right. So, fr- fans of the AMs, you want to know more about a former opponent, uh, stay tuned for uh, Unfiltered. But, yeah. Um, yeah, the AMs are hot, and they've, I mean, kind of sneaky hot. I, they they are, because um, I don't think they bring the name brand recognition um, outside of Dragosevic, who's their, you know, quote-unquote defenseman. He's yeah. really a, a forward in disguise, but... Um, I think they have an identity of being aggressive. They've got a lot of big forwards. Um, they're going to kind of score by committee, especially with Parker Bell out with that um, upper body kind of high hit he took. Um, but I think they also kind of saw what Sahanik can do when you have a good defense in front of him. They went out and acquired a couple blue liners at the trade deadline, and they've been killing it since. So I think they have that formula of they're going to, beat you to a pulp with the forwards. The defensemen are going to keep you away from the net, and Sahanik's going to stop darn near everything. So, Yeah, you mentioned Dragosevic, and you know a lot of people are high on him, and I was really kind of watching the head-to-head. I mean, it's, you know, 
it's it's not uh, you know Jalen Hurts versus Pat Mahomes in that they're not really head to head exactly. Right, right. But I was watching him versus Cagnoni, uh, yeah, yeah, and just trying to you know on Saturday night and really trying to observe you know Dragusevic, and I thought that that Cagnoni had to had had to won that battle, which yeah, you know the scoreboard certainly showed that at the end of the night too. Yeah, but. I mean I I would kind of always put my money on Cagnoni. Kind of getting to see him over these years, getting to see his intelligence, especially early in the season when I think he kind of was able to show his creativity more before he was eating all those heavy minutes. But he, I'm just such a fan of his game, and even despite his size, like Dragosevic's got to have four inches on him or so, and he's super athletic guy. But and that's probably something that the NHL GMs are going to be like, oh, I can mold this, but you know. For my money, Luca's going to be a star eventually. Yeah. Well, again, these these conversations have a lot of tangents. It's kind of the point of this format, mm-hmm. but you know, you look at that whole decor, and I've been thinking a lot about you know post deadline. You know, they didn't didn't really make any significant moves. Certainly, nobody that ended up you know showing up. You know, with no uh, no Wiseblatt sighting. Right. And and then obviously the big signing then. You know, he's in Chaz Lucius. He's, I assume he's back in Minnesota. I don't know, but probably, yeah, either that or Winnipeg to yeah, get his yeah, treatment. Yeah, but uh, and is Winnipeg any different than Minnesota? <laughs> make that point, but uh, you know, and so I think some some fans are probably frustrated with that. But you look at that decor is really built for next year, and that they have you know four eighteens this year. Be you know with a late birthday and yeah. a couple of guys and then when those when that decor is nineteen I mean it's going to be really hard to go up against them every night oh, and yeah. so it's kind of in some ways you know they're it, at times over the weekend the Winterhawks are back in first place and then at times they weren't um, but they're still really built for next year they're kind of ahead ahead of schedule and it's just again it's too bad that they don't we're not going to see what. You know, a fully formed and operational Chaz Lucius was gonna gonna help this club out, but yeah. Anyway, just go down to Rabble talking about these good defensemen on this good draft eligible. I mean, that's why it's it's so fun, and um, I think we were kind of able to see over this weekend what kind of that future of those pairings would be because for a long time Luca was partnered with Carter Southern for basically the whole year up until last weekend when they were having those issues with Tri Cities yeah. with their aggressive forecheck, uh, and then they broke them up. Um, and I kind of mentioned that, you know, Carter, he was put on the third pairing, but it wasn't really a demotion. It was giving him kind of more more reign with the puck, and he's not just the guy behind Luca, you know, up the ice. Uh, and so we got to see Ryder Thompson, who's been on this team, battled through a ton of injuries basically every every year, I think, he's been here. No. Um, and now he's on the top pairing with Luca. He was looking great, uh, really mobile. And that also let Josh Morey have more of a spotlight, too, because he was with Carter. Um, and that's another guy who he's played forward, he's played defense, he's done absolutely everything the team's asked of him, and all he does is go out and battle every night. And, I mean, I'm super happy to see him have at least a somewhat regular role because they still have to roll in Alex Thompson uh, as a 16, and you have to you know play so many games as a 16. But kind of seeing that that pattern over this past week or so, those that D pairings uh, along with the shutdown pairing of McCleary and Ulsher, you know, you can have that whole defense, what they have right now, the eight on their roster, come back next year, no problem. Yep. Um, 
So that's definitely an option. Yeah, you're, like maybe some choices would have to be made with rookies coming in or expanded roles for guys. But yeah, like what you have, you can totally play for whatever you want for next year uh, for Mike Johnston. Well, and I want to make a take this time and make a public apology. You talked about both Ryder Thompson, Aiden Thompson, and and I I, I continue to get them mixed up. I, I my full apologies to all Thompsons involved. <laughs> But, you know, I even forgot we had a 91 on the roster the other night. thought that was a phantom penalty that got assigned because <laughs> I know we got a 92. I know yeah, we got a 90. 90, 91, 92, 93. Yeah. No 94, but Which, sweater's there, I'm sure. Maybe, maybe that's a dovetail under the, the Red Deer game because you know Brent Sutter hates seeing them high numbers, you know, coming oh, to yeah. his barn. Although, oh, yeah. You know, and the, and I'm, I'm kind of frustrated with, uh, you yeah. know, it's, Dwayne Jean Jr. having to cut his hair off. I don't like that. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't uh, catch that. Yeah, the organizational. You know, like yeah. uh, like playing for for Lou Lamorello yeah, up yeah. on the island. Or that just got traded there, and all the changes that happened there. Yeah. So yeah, he had to. I guess, no, uh, no high numbers, no long no. hair. I mean, I, I'll give I'll give Sutter credit that you know the goalie got to paint his mask, which I think was a was that really a no no before? I think there was a lot of white buckets there. I mean, there's a lot of that in Kelowna too. Yeah. You know, yeah, but yeah, you know, Drysaddle only wore twenty nine. I don't know if they would have let him go higher than that, but that was mm-hmm. all. That was his number, so it worked out. Interesting. But okay. Sometimes I, you know, I kind of, I don't, you know, I'm I'm old school as well, but I don't get a lot of those things. But that's you know, I digress. But you know that in that Red Deer game, just peel the curtain back a little bit. And this show's not about me. It's never supposed to be about me. But I, you know, I got pretty frustrated with that game and a couple of. That was a very frustrating loss. A couple of players in it and a couple of things that happened and one guy coming into the game and, you know, in Uchaz, you know, not real not real popular in this part of the country. No. At the moment. No. And then, you know, that slew foot. And say what you want about that slew foot. I mean, I didn't get a good look at it live. I, I missed it live. And, you know, seeing the, uh, the video, I was, you know, kind enough, a, a, a fan sent me vi- the video of it. And... You know, it's like any other video. It's you know, it's a pruder film a little bit. It's hard to really see it, mm-hmm. but I mean, and I was and I was you know having a Twitter discussion with a Seattle fan this morning that apparently there has been suspensions this year on a double minor slew foot. Yeah, I I forget the player, but I do recall that being something of note. And you know, to be I mean, it's, it may be a little conspiratorial, but you know, I think if I'm you know Dokerson. It's it'd be pretty easy to just slap a one gamer on him and then not have to deal with any sort of circus of him playing on the ice and can't whether yeah. it's warranted or not. Yeah, you know, like it kind of gives him an out. Yeah, you know, but you know, personally, I'd like to see you Chaz on the ice and Kent, and you know, I, I know that the two of us have Kurt have different you know philosophical approaches to hockey violence. Yeah, but I think. If there's ever a place for it, or at least the opportunity for it, anyway. I mean, yeah. you, you don't want anything too pre- premeditated, but no, but uh, yeah. I mean, perhaps for anyone who's listening that's not aware, they can do a quick Google search of why Caillou Chaz isn't on the Seattle Thunderbirds, um, and why there would be plenty of motivation for his. This would be his one and only because you know the the two conference or two divisions haven't played each other since yep. 2019 or whatever it was. So this is his first time back in that barn. Um, 
and the other party involved in what happened is still a member of that team and you know I think any team's going to protect their teammates and there's going to be people there that remember you probably and, and, and you should I mean they got they got they got Eminem playing in the in the room you know you got one shot <laughs> yeah, one know? opportunity yeah um, yeah so that that's definitely something to watch um, yeah you don't want anything premeditated but at the same time you're going to look after your brothers so. you know I, I don't you know, in a league where they make 50 bucks a week, I don't know if there's money on the board, you know, very often, but I think there is. You know, it's, and this obviously isn't a, a Thunderbirds podcast, but, I mean, if you look at the at the talent they have and the expectations that they have for the playoffs this year, you know, I mean, it could be a Darren McCarty, Claude Lemieux moment. Yeah. For them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, no one knew that was going to be a thing at the time, and then no. you know they had to obviously had to go through the playoffs and everything else. But you know, in, in, in hindsight, I mean, but it's a you know, it's it's I will be watching that game. I, I have a yeah. I'm have, out of town this weekend with the Super Bowl. I'm going to go meet up with some friends for it, so I'll be catching up later. But that is definitely something I'll be watching for uh, as the game unfolds. Super Bowls this weekend. Who's, yeah. who's playing? Uh, so there's uh, let's see. There's that team kind of in the Midwest. They're playing, one of them. I think they wear red. And then they play a different team that's wearing the one, Philadelphia, the, yeah, from the, Always Sunny. The, the one the one in Missouri? Not, not, yeah, not Kansas? Yeah, that or one, one of the On the Missouri, on the Missouri side? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. If, <laughs> any, any Kansas City Chiefs fans, uh, Pono Brewing in uh, Hollywood, that's uh, that's where the that's where the Chiefs fans would be. No, just for, you know, pro tip. But... Uh, yeah, no, I have a, I have a setup in the in downstairs that the I go watch two hockey games at the same time. Man. Oh yeah, and so that's uh, that's 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 the plan for for Friday night. But um, yeah, and this will back to you know the strength of of the Thunderbirds, and they're going to be a formidable opponent. And it's just too damn bad. Maybe it's a you know dovetailing to, to to Lucius and how much. Man, he looked good on this on this club. I don't think anyone's ever going to beat his points per game average. He's scoring the same almost almost three games. <laughs> he was matching Bedard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the matching Bedard, the uh, star that burns bright, didn't burn long. Yeah, and so it's uh, you know it's too bad that you know it's not going to work. And so then you know it, they looked the winners looked rough for a couple games there without him. And yeah, I, you know is correlation causation. You know, I mean, obviously if you're losing, you know you're. Definitely your most talented player. Yeah, you know, at least at least at that stretch, you know, that's going to hurt anybody. But you know, now that we know that, so now that it's over, you presumably they can shift back into what they the, had before the first place team that they've been all year, right? You know, and you know, they're not out, not out any assets, and so we we, we move on. But hopefully. I mean, what do you think? What do you think about that? You think they can refine themselves? I mean, it, yeah, uh, I think they can. Um, I think perhaps where it hurts most is just kind of the roster constriction. Is that you know they had to give up Pasternak uh, yeah. to make that roster spot for him. That was a nineteen-year-old forward who was doing fun for you. You know, that's kind of the opportunity cost uh, when bringing in Chaz. Is that now you're out both Chaz and Pasternak? Yeah. So that's you know kind of that veteran forward spot is now missing. 
how they can address that is kind of beyond me and my understanding of the roster rules. Like, um, they might be able to call back up one of the affiliate players that's had a cup of coffee with the team so far this year. But, um, yeah, whatever reinforcements are going to come are really going to come from within the room. Um, they've tried different line combinations than before they had Chaz. So, like, before you had uh, kind of the big line with Gabe and Robbie, um, and someone would kind of maybe rotate through on the other side, usually Stefan. Um, and then you had, like, Jack O'Brien in the middle with Marcus Nguyen um, and Jack Zagreski uh, on that second line that was just so energetic, two-way, just hounds on the puck. Um, and I thought they would go right back to that right away, but it sounds like MJ's really trying to change up and kind of see what he has, and I don't know if that's just to see what's there before, because the playoffs are clinched. So you're not worried about not making it, so it's kind of seeing what you have, or if they will go back to it or not. Um, I mean, they're going to be foot on the gas. I mean, do they have, yeah. you know, on, uh, you know, I mean, against, on, on, on paper, you know, Seattle is, you know, it's David and Goliath, but they're still right there in the standings, neck and neck. Yeah, they're tied as so of tonight. Yeah. So you're going to... Oh, yeah, because I got a point last night. Yeah. So you're going to you're gonna keep foot on the gas, yeah. but they've, they've always done a good job of being fluid mm-hmm. with the line combinations and, you know, over the last couple of years, really tried to spread it out, you yeah. know, and, and, and not load up on that top line. Yeah. You know, and so I think ever since Jarvis left uh, and perhaps even, like, the Cody last lines before that, where they would have that definite top line. Ever since those have been gone, they've really been, you know, rolling three or four lines every night. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that with the defenseman earlier too, yeah. right? And so, I mean, that was you know on the on the Eastern swing. I noticed, you know, more more than a, a couple times. You know, Diego Budazzoni was out there against Bedard. Yeah, you know, and that's you know the home team dictates last change. Yeah, they get at, last change at, at that point. But if you were worried about it, you know, uh, you I wouldn't mean, put them in that. Dennis Dennis Williams isn't putting. Is a, no. is a 16-year-old out there. No, I, I mean, I think a lot of people were kind of uh, uh, shown his system during the World Juniors where it's just, you know, in crunch time, it's going to be his top two lines and his top two deep bearings. That's why, you know, Bedard was going over the glass, you know, over the boards every other shift, and, and that's definitely what he runs, and he kind of rewards the guys who stay with him with eventually those bigger roles. Yeah. It, but, yeah, he definitely sticks to his top six, his top four, and that those are his guys. I mean, guys that are... Folks I talked to in the know, maybe even on on these shows, you know, told me that you know uh, Zellweger was playing like thirty five minutes a night. Up oh, I believe that. You know, yeah, he was. He's yeah. I mean, which, which, side note, he's my favorite defenseman to watch, possibly yeah. in all of hockey, but definitely junior. Yeah. Well, he'll be he'll be right there at the end. Yeah, no matter what happens. Yeah, that that'll be fun to see. And you know, it's it, and you look at how talk about MVP argument. You know, you look at. What the silver tips were with him, and what the silver tips were without him. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen a team that a- appeared that strong just the just bottom just fell out. Yeah, and and part of that's probably also with Dennis Williams being gone that whole you know I'm month sure plus yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. But yeah, when you're losing your your defenseman that is in there in every situation, they didn't have an heir apparent ready. Um, yeah. I think they're kind of trying to figure it out. I think Dexter Whittle's been playing a bunch of them uh, more recently, um, being able to watch a couple Silver Tips games in the span. But yeah, there's no, you know, there's no just you know copy paste for Bull and Zellweger in this yeah. league. Yeah, and, and and you know Zellweger yeah, is is not a good comparison to to, to Brett Ponich, but you go back to the 2011 
playoff run. And once you lose your best defenseman, everybody has to move up a spot. And yeah, you know that's uh, you know it might have been what happened to him in, in that Kootenay series. But yeah, you know, I, I still maintain it was. But <laughs> you know it's yeah. So it's unfortunate for our friends, you know, up in Silvertip country that yeah. now they're just because they look really strong to start the year. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, looked like they were gonna. At least at first, they're going to contend right there with, with Portland and Seattle. But yeah, yeah, I mean they had the firepower up front with Ruse, Berzowski, uh, Hemmerling's been fantastic for them, uh, and then yeah, Olin Zellweger always man in the blue line. Um, it was fun to also watch him and notice how he could cheat because his skating's so incredible. Is that there were times where he was almost an extra forward on their faceoffs, and he would go up, and if they happened to lose the faceoff. He would just skate back, and he would already be in position where he should have been if he had started off in a more normal situation just because he's such an incredible skater. So um, kind of little things like that. It's, okay, now that's gone. How do you replace that? And there's no simple answer. So now you're, now you're reminding me of Seth Jones here. That, yeah, that's a good comparison. You know, the way he would he'd blow an edge or he'd get caught out of position or something, and before the other guys got to the blue line, he'd catch up. Yeah, he'd be completely out of the play. You'd think he was down and out, yeah. and then he just—they're just, just he, so incredible it, that they can make up for it. Yeah, it's like he teleport. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he was—I mean, you know—I mean that was, you know, I still definitely thought she went first overall that year, but uh, you know, McKinnon has kind of shown his. his yeah, his, he, he his ended up being a pretty good choice over too. time. Yeah, and seeing him head to head in that Memorial Cup was 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 pretty. Pretty special too. Even yeah. If we don't like the didn't like the outcome, you yeah. Know, that uh, that matchup was was pretty incredible. Yeah. So where where we want to go here? We talk about the AMs a little bit. Yeah. Um, talk about Red Deer a little bit. Um, I kind of want to give a shout out to some of the younger players who I think have really stepped up. Like you mentioned, Budazoni playing against Bedard. Um, I would say, especially on kind of this bit of a home stretch, or at least not the Eastern trip since they've been back. Um, he's been really, really good, both defensively on faceoffs. Like you think of a 16 year old kid who's coming in known as a skilled scorer, you're going to think they just cheat, you know, there's no defensive responsibility, but he's in there mucking it up in the corners being, you know, what, 170 pounds or something, or he doesn't have any fear in that. He's, he's gained the coach's trust the right way. Um, and I think he's not always getting rewarded on the score sheet, but when he does, it's usually a very impressive play. So I'm very excited to see the jump he can make next year. Um, but also Josh Zagreski. Um, last, like last night for the Red Deer game, he looked really energetic in warm-ups. He was getting his hands ready, getting his teammates ready. Um, and when they ha- were in that 4-2 deficit, he was the skater that was still bringing the energy, bringing the counter of the physicality that most of the roster couldn't handle. Um, and he got that third goal. Um, and I know mathematically, of course, the fourth goal is based on the third goal being scored, but they really don't score that fourth goal without the energy from his goal. The whole roster lit up. They had life, and they were able to get that that tying goal um, to at least get a point out of what well, was... And that, you know, that, that third one, if memory serves, it was, like, pretty late, right? Yeah, it was at least after the first media timeout in the third, if not later. I want to say 10 minutes or so remaining in the period. Um it was, I think, a couple minutes after Dante had that Hasek-style kick save on the two-on-one, um, which, again, another one of those kind of TSN turning point moments of, you know, if that goes in, 
they're down 5-2. Okay, you're, you know, you're thinking of the showers then. Where, okay, Dante makes that save, Josh scores that goal. Okay, now the big the big unit uh, comes out for the 6-on-5, pulled goalie, and you made it to overtime, so... It's it's so much butterfly flaps its wings, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. But, but at the same time, I mean, again, you know, we talk about the silver tips. I mean, back to the, you know, that classic, you know, Constantine style, you know, once... Once you have a, you know a couple of goal lead, you can change, completely change your your forecheck. Your yeah, we don't need any more goals. Yeah, you know? well, and and I think that's kind of what um, Red Deer was happy to just eliminate the puck carrier. Um, they had a really aggressive forecheck, which has been a problem for Portland this year. Um, I noticed a couple times in that third period, their two highest forwards were just finding the defenseman and just locking them off. Um, and so Dante was the one. You know, leading the breakout. I was expecting kind of, you know, skate up to half ice like Patrick Waugh back in the day. He didn't, but I'm, you know, there's yeah. still time left in the season. So yeah. um, I think, you know, those were kind of some big turning points um, and counters that, you know, maybe we'll see that in the playoffs when Tri City comes in with their four check or Seattle comes in with a four check. You know, maybe Dante's there, you know, upping his career, you know, franchise career uh, assist record, maybe a goal. Who knows? Well, I mean, there's a long history here locally of goalies that like to, to, to play the puck and stick mm-hmm. handle, and, and an even longer history of Portland fans not really understanding it and the the once in a while when it, when it goes wrong for them, you know, want to yeah. want overcorrect. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, kind of like a little a little Philadelphia as far as, you know, it's uh, hard on goalies here. You mm-hmm. know, always, always have been. Yeah. yeah. You know, one guy comes to mind like that would be the, the all-time leader in playoff wins, you know, in, in, in the league, you know, was a guy that loved to handle the puck and was never all the way embraced, at least at least not on the internet, you know, when, uh, and Matt Carruth, but mm-hmm. it's neither here nor there, you know, but uh, definitely a, a championship brought to this town, yeah. so, you know, there's, uh, you know, in that Red Deer game, too, you know, we, we talked about Uche has a little bit already. I mean, and he was good, you know, and that's the thing about why you get second chances. There was, you know, we were talking about it even during the game, and I'm like, there was another guy that was part of that scandal mm-hmm. too. I don't even remember his name. I don't know no, where he went. I think I he don't... maybe played like junior A, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He, you know, he got banished to Siberia, like, you know, yeah. one probably should in that case. But this guy can score goals, right? And so now he's wearing an A. He's yeah. you know contributing, and and he's he's made the most of a second chance. No, no. And, and in fairness, the league did require uh, steps to be taken in order to be um, eligible to come back to the league. And um, as far as everything, you know, it sounds like he followed that. And um, you hope it was a one-time terrible uh, lapse of judgment. That he will never repeat. If, you don't know, but you hope that it's if in his past and if, not in his future. If there was, you know, if they gave out, you know, awards for being a shithead at that age, I would have won the gold. You <laughs> I know? think it'd be a very competitive. The yeah. Western League would be that'd be one yeah. of the toughest, toughest trophies to win. Yeah, and and I definitely, you know, learned some some things. You know, probably yeah, probably about junior, junior hockey age that you know I've. A different person now than I was then. Yeah, and so hopefully that's that's a thing. And I don't think anybody knows, and so it's it's going to be a, a debate, you know, at, at least until Red Deer is finished with their their road trip. Anyway, yeah. I mean it'll it'll still be a debate. And did he do enough? Does he deserve a chance? But, right, right. 
you score goals. They're gonna, yeah. you know, I mean, we're gonna second, third, fourth chances. Yeah, who you are. Yeah, and he again, he was he was good. Yeah, he was very good. And so, yeah, we'll see. You know, big game in Kent here on Friday night. See yeah. how that goes. But yeah, and and that, and the whole Red Deer team's good. You know, I mean, yeah, they're they're second in the East, I think, behind Winnipeg. One point. Yeah, as of this. Recording, although Winnipeg's got five games in hand on them, but as <laughs> as the time is, which is weird, as as the time this recording, yeah, one point behind uh, behind Winnipeg, and not getting a lot of not getting a lot of press, you know, and no, and and hopefully I didn't, uh, you know, my weird quasi media space that I live in. I mean, hopefully I didn't uh, I didn't piss off the the rebels too bad last night that I could still I could still get guests up there for. Unfiltered, but time will tell. Time will tell on that one. But I was go to the newspaper. I guess I know a guy over there. But yeah, and so um, you know where you want to go now. Did we talk. We um, I think we were bit? well. At least we were kind of mentioning him before. But uh, Dante, I think his evolution, especially this year, um, the team's not where they are without him and the way he's played very consistently through the season. You know, he he came and he saw Joel Hofer traded to be in front of him. He, you know, stayed with the team, saw uh, Taylor Gauthier last year. He traded to be play in front of him. Um, that cannot be easy for a player where you're in a position where only one of you gets the ice in a night. You know, it's not going from second to third line forward. It's you're either playing or you're not. Um, but he, I think he showed some resiliency, especially last year when... Um, they were in that weird situation of having traded for Gauthier, but he wasn't with the team yet. So they only had Dante. That whole weekend. They had yeah. Three and three. They had a three and three, and he, three he, and he played the whole, whole weekend. Yeah. Um, he played great. So yeah. you could see that he had that resiliency in him. It was a huge um, turning point for the whole, the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's brought that. Um, and I think that mixed with there's just a special energy for players who are in their last year. Um, of eligibility for them. So when I played lacrosse, it was your seniors. Yeah, they would get better with talent, but there's always just that something special of there is no next year. I'm with this group of you know guys that you're with them so many hours out of the day, and you know that it's coming to an end as of you know May, June, whatever, March, whatever. Um, that just can't be replicated even amongst a 19. You know, maybe you're a 19 year old first round pick. You know, you're going to the NHL next year. Even that urgency of knowing you're not with the team next year isn't replicated by absolutely knowing this is your last year. And I think Dante's done a great job every night of being that rock for the team through their up and downs, especially with them. I don't know if it's a good uh, partnership with the the Jack in the Box. You know, four four goals. Uh, you know, with the with the heart stress inducing with. With, you know, we're trying to come back with all these late comebacks. I don't know if the, the heart rate and the, and the jumbo jacks are such a great partnership, but um, you know, maybe that's for the marketing department to think of. But um, they've they Dante's kept them in games that I think a lot of other teams would have lost, both you know previous Winterhawks teams, but also just other teams in the league. Um, and they've been able to reward him with a lot of overtime wins or late you know third period wins. You know, you think about twenties in this league, and you know, I remember watching when we still had the. You know the playoffs on Shaw, mm-hmm. and watching you know one of the broadcasts, and Bill Wilms, you know, friend of the show, you know, mentioned, yeah, he's he's twenty years old, he's seen it all. I mean, 
which is the most ridiculous statement in, in the history of mankind. <laughs> but in the context, in of, the context junior of junior hockey, hockey, it's very appropriate. Yeah. So you know, Genius is Greybeard. Yeah. You know, he has he has seen it all, and you talk about you know a couple of guys that you know they brought in these you know name brand you know uh, high dollar not high dollar went on money in this league, but you know like you know big time goalies. Well, he's got a guy right on his heels right now, you know, yeah. and, you know, if something was to happen or he was to struggle or, or injury or whatever, they, they have no problem with going to Spoonar. No. I think they feel very comfortable with that. Yeah. And so it's kind of a nice of a, uh, what's the phrasing I want here? It's kind of a good sweet spot that yeah. you have a guy really pushing you. Yeah. You know, right behind you. And so sometimes you see the best, you know, again, we talk about the Super Bowl, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the mo- one of the most awkward guys running the football there ever was, but he's three percent faster than whoever's behind him. Right. You know, whoever that is. If he's running the forty, you just got to put a you know a, a, a D lineman back there, and he's and he's and he's going to run faster than what he yeah. was. Yeah. And so when you have a goalie like that, and you have a very good, capable backup, I mean, a lot of times that will elevate you know both players. You'll, yeah. You'll see that. And and I'm sure when they uh, drafted. Uh, I always call him Spoonman as a Soundgarden fan. Uh, I'll never let that go. Um, I think I'm sure that when they drafted him, they said, you know, you know, Dante's going to be the number one, but you're going to come in here. You're still going to give us great quality games, um, but Dante's in his overage year, so you're like you're going to come in, you're going to play well, you're going to learn, and, you know, and then next year is next year. So I'm, you know, I'm. I would hope they have a great, you know, relationship and partnership to to be teammates, um, and and that's definitely not. Out of the ordinary, I think there's lots of goalie tandems that can still work well, where they don't see each other as competitors; they truly see each other as teammates and pushing each other to be their best selves. It's yeah, it's always fascinating to me, and, and it's and it's like that on every hockey team at every level. Yeah, but you know, it's it's man versus self rather than man versus man. Yeah, a lot of times, you yeah. know what I mean. And you know, at our level, that they don't have full time goalie coaches. The other goalie is often the goalie coach. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's you know, it's putting the golf. I mean, it's a thing that doesn't have that nobody else knows what the goaltender is supposed to be doing or not supposed to be doing. Even even the head coach, even you know, oh, yeah. they're going to be worried about their twenty skaters or something. Augustuson or Pellerin or whatever. It's like yeah. the goaltending is just just go play gold. Yeah, stop the puck. Yeah, stop the puck. I'll, I'll be over here trying to, yeah. you know, work on a breakout. If you don't do that enough times, we'll talk. But. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, a lot of times you're, you know, at this level, I always look at it like you use the other goalie as, as a sounding board as much as well, anything. Well, I, I think we saw that with Everett for years. You know, they had Carter Hart, and then they had Dustin Wolf learn from him. And, I mean, you know, Hart set the records, and then Wolf broke them. You know, they were just able, just well, two highly talented individuals who were able to learn from each other. And, and, and Austin Lotz walked so Carter could run. Yeah. You know, and yeah. as far as that passing of the torch. But, yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh we can only spend a little bit of time on on talking about these goalies. And that's and that's another thing too with uh, that MJ does an interesting job of that most time when you have a twenty in goal, they're playing two out of three, three out of four. Yeah. You know. I mean, uh, well back going back to Everett with Tyler Palmer. Ever since I've gotten him, I don't think he hasn't played. No. 
I mean, they just had a couple three and threes, and he's in there every night. So yeah, and be good, and be good for him. You know, <laughs> yeah. be good for him. And uh, yeah, that was the interesting trade that one for one there. I mean, yeah, but you know, I mean, would the uh, people don't really look fondly on the the Jamie Compon era here, but you know, I want to say he played Aiden Hill like thirty some games in a row or something crazy like wow. that. Oh, it was ridiculous. Wow. You know, I mean, he was Aiden Hill at the time. Right. He was really good. Yeah. You know, it might have been just, especially that, that year that, you know, they, they fell flat in the playoffs. I mean, Aiden Hill was the best guy on the, on the ice. Mm-hmm. And so they rode him pretty hard. And then it would seem like they would play the – I don't remember who the backup was at the time. But, you know, it like a weird time, too. Like, yeah. you're like, well, that game? Like, <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, I don't like spending a lot of time on – Compound slatter, uh, slander on the show, but you know it's kind of, but it's a definite contrast in styles. I mean, they're really yeah. kind of rotating. Yeah, I think it's pretty much been in. every other. Yeah, um, I think both guys have been able to stay healthy. So yeah, um, sometimes they've had maybe Spoon gets you know two out of the three depending on who the opponents are, and then Dante the next weekend gets two out of the three. So, um, but yeah, it's been a very even rotation compared yeah. to a lot of are situations. They, yeah, did this. Been on a you know road versus home. That's what on. we saw with Tri City was each team had their you know number one in their home game, yeah, and then the backup in the other, and, and you saw the you know the scores possibly reflect that. Possibly is just the atmosphere. Um, that's why I think this weekend's game, you know, it's the first game of the weekend for each team, so it should should be the two number ones going up against each other. So I well, think that'll be a real real you, interesting game. You, yeah, you start with Dante in. Against Seattle, I guess. I guess that's not in Canada's here. But you start with Dante against Seattle and work your way back. I yeah. think is probably way, the way that yeah. the way that goes. But but again, it's not like I mean, Tri City Americans. Are, we thought about them just to start the show. I mean, they're not they're not that far back. No, you know. I mean, they're and so again, you one more reason to keep your foot on the gas because I mean, I don't. There's a there's enough gap in the standings. I don't think they can catch you, but you don't, yeah. you don't even want to, you don't even want to test that. Yeah, you don't want to yeah start opening the window because that's just I mean even if they don't catch you, they're going to be riding that momentum into oh, the playoffs. Yeah, it's twenty points at the moment. Yeah, that's oh. it would take a, it would take a pretty good collapse even with yeah. some head to heads. Yeah. You know, I mean again no no uh, no 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 am slander either uh, if you're in the front office of the ams because I'm getting. I want to talk to Bob Torrey soon. So, but uh, no, I mean, I, I talked to uh, Westy, Craig West here, just for a second, mm-hmm. you know, the other night, and I was like, you "Guys are hot. It's good." You yeah. know, I was like, "I don't know if I need you, you know, playing well in this barn." Right. Yeah. How about you know some other time? And <laughs> and Craig was like, "You guys have lost two games in here all year. You're fine, or whatever it is." I mean, they, they do have a really strong. That's something they to talk about. I. I don't think I realized it until just recently the discrepancy between the home record and the and the road record. I mean, the, Portland's traditionally been so strong on the road, sometimes even better on the road yeah. than at home, and it's kind of they've been kind of somewhat pedestrian on the road this year versus you know really strong at home. It's kind of it's unusual for them. Yeah, you know, again, not that it matters what they did three four years ago because the way that yeah. generations are in the turnover in this yeah, league, it's but a completely I mean, different team. I mean, what you got any? Any uh, gut feeling on that one? Um, I would say part of it would be that Eastern trip that they didn't do particularly well on, though Seattle also didn't do well on. It was the first long trip that the boys have really been on. Um, they were mentioning that you know maybe just the 20s had done that before. Um, I think also 
it speaks to the strength of the division. You know, um, there's no easy outs. Even, you know, Spokane, they, on paper, have a bad record, but it took until the closing minutes of the third period to beat them, you know, what, a week ago or so. Um, And it's where, you know, maybe they're missing maybe a bit of that top-end talent because they've traded so much away, but they're still coached really well. They have enough guys that can threaten you that they're going to keep you honest. Um, Tri-City, as we're saying, they were good. Everett's good. You know, it's... I think the Eastern Conference is probably a bit different where it's more top-heavy, but the Western Conference, especially this U.S. division, there's at least four really quality teams, and, you know, Spokane's having a good night. They're they're tough out, too. So I think that's... I think they're... The Portland's road record's perhaps indicative of uh, the quality of the division. Well, I mean, Spokane's going to get up for playing Portland because they're trying to... You know, trying to defend Matt Matt Barsley's honor, but yeah, no. Just looking at this again, it's it's pretty stark. It's they're uh, twenty three one one and two at home. Wow! So lost once in regulation. You know, it's 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 Valentine's Day. It's Super Bowl. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl, and they've lost once in regulation at home, and they're twelve nine one and zero on the road. Yeah. And you know, I mean, twelve and nine, you live with that. It's not like yeah, I mean, it's it's a winning record. It's winning, you know. It's not not like a problem. No, but you know, in comparison to twenty three and one at home, like yeah, that's. I mean, I was gonna say last night was probably one of the first times this season I've driven home. Maybe the first time this season I've driven home from a loss. Usually, it's always oh yeah, they won. No, not a loss, loss. No, yeah, still got a point. Um, We got a loser point out of it. Yeah. Um, perhaps it's a line matching thing, you know, um, where they don't have that last change. Maybe that's where they're they're missing a bit of it. But maybe I mean, I but, mean, I think you're, it's really on the margin. That's more of a thing on the margins rather than a big indicator. I mean, the Thunderbirds, for comparison, you know, because we're scoreboard watching whatever whatever they're doing. Yeah, you know, not nineteen two one and zero at home, so very comparable. Yeah, and one more loss. And seventeen and seven on the road. Yeah. So they, you know, that's better. Seventeen and seven is better than twelve and nine. Yeah. But it's not. I mean, it's not hugely different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a seven. Well, it's a seven hundred winning percentage versus a five sixty eight. The more I look at it. Yeah. But Portland's over nine hundred at home. Yeah. So I think that you know that's. You know, probably a sign for how important home ice could be. If you're yeah. if you're going to be in a seven game series versus Seattle, that seventh game, where that's at, may play a big factor. And you know, I I don't know what the Vegas odds odds are on them having home ice against Seattle, but <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think you can bet on those games anymore. I, I would be very surprised if one of the casino. It would have to be off the strip that would have that kind of action. Well, for a while there was the uh, the Oregon. Lottery had the sports yeah. betting app, but then they gave way to uh, DraftKings. I think it is okay. But you could bet on junior games. It was it was you know not a good idea <laughs> to bet on junior games because God knows what yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. But, but yeah, I'd be I'd be curious about. But it, but again, you know, with all those head to heads left, I mean, who yeah. knows? Yeah, they might they might be able to. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not sure how other teams perceive the VMC as far as being a tough barn as far as the fan atmosphere, but I know Seattle, they are very unfriendly 
know, um, support Portland specifically, but I think all, all that come in. Uh, I was watching their game against Swift Current, and you know, there's always the chant of Portland sucks. Well, they didn't say Swift Current sucks, but maybe that was a bit too long to have in between the, the goal celebrations. I, but I, that's that's a hostile barn to come into, and that's a, kind of another factor for their playoff run. I don't know, I don't know how many games we've been up there, and you sit in three different seats for each period because I got to get away from these guys. Yeah. And then you go over there, oh, now i got to get away from these guys. Yeah. I've gone uh, a couple games in there in, uh, I would say, neutral clothing, and yeah. then a couple games in Portland clothing, and there's very different reactions from the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's cool that, you know, Kent has that side of, that type of, uh, you know, atmosphere, and, and I think it was part of the Kraken success here, is yeah. that there's already people who know hockey, and they're going to be passionate about it. Oh God, I never thought about Kraken fans being assholes before. That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty good point. Oh, man. But, uh, I haven't gone up there yet. Yeah. I mean, then again, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, it's a whole conversation itself. It's a little bit caviar versus, you know, Coors Light, I suppose, too, <laughs> as far as the two, the two buildings and the two sets of clientele. Yeah. yeah it's getting to be that time of year. We'll probably start making some of these trips, but the, the Winterhouse Road schedule just doesn't lend to that. I mean, there's like, uh, uh, a Kennewick can't trip in a couple weeks. There's, they don't have any of those good, like like a home and home or, or, or well, the good ones are like when they're in in Kent and Everett in the mm-hmm. same weekend. Yeah, you know, or even Tri City Spokane the same weekend. Yeah, you know. Or yeah, I have no that they haven't had a lot of those this year. No, no, it's not a it's not a good schedule for for fans making road trips. It's a little. You know, I don't know if that's the thing they think about. Probably isn't, but but, but there is a lot of home at homes, yeah, right now. But that's kind of a bitch to go out to a game on Friday and then turn around and make it back. I mean, yeah, maybe if it's going the other way, maybe if the road games on Saturday it might make a little more sense. Yeah, I'd stay up there. Nothing's worse than driving home from from Kent after a game and the yeah, pouring rain, three hour drive. Yep, it's always yeah. dark and rainy. Yeah, I don't like that one. No, I don't like that one at all. Well. We've been going for a little while. I mean, we could probably go all night. You got uh, what? Any other burning issues you want to dig into? Um, I'm very interested to see who who does get called up for that Lucius hole. Um, I think they're allowed to call up somebody. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I don't know the ins and outs either. But. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm that kind of type that's always scouring the prospect page and seeing who we have and kind of trying to keep track of who's signed. Um, my guess would be Hudson Darby. He's the affiliate. He's a 16. He had the longest span this season with the team. He was really uh, – he, he earned the coach's trust very quickly uh, with his defensive responsibility as a center. Um, and I think that definitely gives him an advantage over trying to ask a, a winger to come in. Um, I know this past weekend when or yesterday against Red Deer, they were trying to shuffle some guys around. And um, originally it was Rhett Ravendahl who got dressed to, to play forward. Um, didn't go too well. Not his fault. He's playing out of position, and he doesn't get to play much as is. Um, but then they moved and put Josh Morey in at center for that role. So I think who they kind of call up, how quickly that guy can get acclimated to what they're asking for, I think that could be uh, an important development because we've seen the development of Budazoni and Zagreski, um as kind of the younger guys who can take a step up, and we're seeing them level up as it is. Um, come playoff time here is can they get somebody onboarded quick enough before the games, you know, 
get into elimination. Or I wonder, God, you really illustrate that they need a forward. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder if they've thought about, you know, finding, try to find like a, like a, like a 19 somewhere that's, you know, playing junior add A. To, that, add them to the list and then sign them, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there's a if they have anybody like that. Yeah, they, they signed that defenseman from, like, Saskatchewan a couple of years ago or something when they needed a defenseman, and he played, like, three games or something. So, different situation now, but it's, it's yeah, maybe they do. I mean, maybe it's somebody who does have some junior experience already who's, you know, they're signed on that scholarship path already. Um, it's like, hey, we, we need somebody to do this and that for us. We think you can. You know, we already we already mentioned that 20, 2011 run, you know, the deep in the, in the playoffs, first, first time for them, and, you know, uh, Matt Ias was a guy that 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 played that role. Like mm. he had, you know, he had he played in Everett. I think he was out of the league, and uh, and they picked him up. They, they had open twenty spot, and they, as Portland know, does now, yeah, and they 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 picked him up and yeah, and uh, and, and and he contributed. He didn't, they didn't ask a lot out of him, and it's about what he delivered. But it, right, but, yeah, but <laughs> you he, have to set reasonable expectations this late in the year with your options. But you know, having another veteran, I mean. You know, it'd be you know that's that's one of the things I really miss about uh, Pasternak and liked about his game is you know some grit, some, some oh yeah, tenacity, feisty. Some, I mean, he's done great in Brandon uh, yeah. since then, so which is awesome well, to fit, see. Fit right in out yeah. there, but yeah, you know, and they you know obviously play Winnipeg all the time, and that's that's going to get feisty too. Oh yeah, and and that's that's an element that they were going to be short anyway. I wonder yeah. I wonder if there's a guy like that you can find. You know, playing flint flon or something. Yeah. You know, would be... Uh, See if the Edmonton uh, Oil Kings have anybody left. I don't think they have anybody left from last year's team, but no. if there's anybody left, they can replace. No. Yeah, I mean, obviously you can't add somebody that's on, currently on a Western League roster, but... Yeah. Or they have the rights, but I want. I, I, you know, I just kind of wonder if there's a, a guy out there you could find, you know. Yeah. But, but I don't know. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if they really think like that, but... At the same time, if you bring up, you know, a 16 or a 17, and, you know, that can only benefit the player moving forward, you yeah. know. Well, if you can get a ice time. Yeah. You know. But, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. Yeah, well, I think I think maybe we'll wrap a bow on this. You got any other, like, any no. other uh, things? Uh, thank you, you for on? having me. It's yeah. Been- Great. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I need to try to diversify and find new voices for the show. I've been kind of bad about that, and then uh, try to keep you know more interesting. Like, you know, we love Josh, and I could go to him every week, but you know, it's kind of. I think the more the more folks we can find to try to spice up the chili, I think is probably the way to do it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, appreciate your time, Kirk. All right. Thank you.